sometimes we return to get a response from some things. For example, I remember as a child, I would return the box, the barcode from the cereal box to give me a toy in the mail. Or if you collected so many things out the Cracker Jack box, you sent it in, you could get something in return. Or if you ever collect a baseball or basketball card, there's sometimes they will put a card in that you will mail in and they'll send you out a limited edition card back uh, to you. But basically what I'm trying to highlight to us is that oftentimes we return something, it goes back to the place that it came from. All I'm trying to make sure we understand is that do you understand that you one day will return to the one who created you? But now, just as you have to mark in your textbooks in grade school, right, how you receive the book, they oftentimes say, write down how you receive the book, put down, good. You get the book, you get it good. And how did you return the, back, the book back? Was it still in good condition? Or does it need to be repaired? Uh, here it is that how will we return before God? Will we be in good condition? Or will we be in bad condition? God is the creator of all things, all things that exist because God created them. So everything belongs to the Lord, and we are only his stewards of what he has given us. Psalms 24. Just going to read the verses 1 and 2 from us, New Living Translation. Psalms 24, New Living Translation says this way. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him, for he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean's depths. Amen. Those who stand, you may be seated. Praise God for standing honor of God's word. It says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The background of this text shows us that it is a liturgical psalm used to oftentimes as a congregational response in that when the ark will come into the sanctuary, some also suggest that this psalm was written by David when he was able to reclaim the ark of the covenant that was lost and brought it into the hills of Zion and established its home there waiting for the tabernacle to be built some generations later by his son Solomon and that some other historians suggest that this was penned and used when Solomon erected the temple and they brought in the Ark of the Covenant and the reason why the Ark of the Covenant is simplistic of this is, is an example of this psalm of the King of Glory because God's glory rested on the Ark and the Ark came in that if the Ark was not present mean God was not present and so they understood that God must be present, and in his presence we will worship him. But let's think about for a moment this psalm and how it applies to us today. Do we understand that the earth is the Lord's? I know that we're suffering right now because of the hurricanes are happening, the storms are coming. But do you understand the water can only go so far? You know it rained for five days in Texas, right? For five days set records and the water's at 13 feet. Imagine it being 40 days and 40 nights. How high that water would be. Uh, we already know that, that, that Noah's Ark was on top of a mountain. Hello, somebody. Uh, that's a whole lot of water. 
And so in five days, we've seen what the water could do, but God already set a limit that the water can only go so far. I put a rainbow in the sky to remind me not to let it happen again. Oh, glory be to God. God's a covenant keeper. And so here it is. When we know that God owns everything, we don't need to be stressed out worrying about which direction the hurricane's going to go. We just say, Lord, I'm in your hands. We know this earth is going to be destroyed, but not by water. Hello, somebody. Uh, he already let you know it's not going to do water again. So don't, don't be scared that this is the end of the world. We, we are in the end times, but now it's not the end of the world. <laughs> you, you can just realize that the king of glory is going to show up. Mm. And so if God has created everything, then everything is his. And notice how it, the psalmist gets poetic with it. They say the fullness thereof and everything that's in it. And there's, a, on, I believe on, on one of the, those science stations, they're doing a study about the deep blue sea. And you know that science knows more about space than it does about the ocean. Because the ocean is so vast and so deep and, and places that you cannot even get to and stay alive. they got to send remote stuff that they haven't even, And it's so vast that there's more water than there is more land. And they don't know what's going on. But yet God knows everything because he put everything in order. And so if everything belongs to God and God was, was loving us enough that he gave us dominion of his earth, we don't own anything. We're just stewards. So we got to take care of what God gives us. Therefore, we need to be mindful that what's in my wallet is not mine. I got a few amens. What's in my house is not mine. I got a few more amens. I want you to understand that you say it's yours, just like when you write down, do you rent or do you own your house? And you write down proud, you're an owner, knowing that you don't got the deed. You technically are an owner, but that bank can take your house, miss two payments. You're going to find out who owns that house real quick. Miss some payments. They're going to let you know, y'all need to get up out of here. Y'all need to get on up. You, you missed too many payments. I know you want to stay in here, but y'all need to get up out of here because we own this house. We understand that ownership reminds us that we, if we own something, we can do what we want. But we don't own this earth, but we want to claim it for ourselves. But notice that if I know it's God's, then it's easy for me to let go. Remember we talk about how in buried treasure, when the man out of the joy of the treasure sold everything that he had, he was willing to give up everything. We need to understand if everything is the Lord's, then I'm his. And if I am his, then he can ha- have his way with me. We understand how to submit ourselves and surrender before the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and everything in the world and all this people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundations on the seas and built it on the oceans. That, I, I like the poetry of this. It says that how God made the earth. And so just how you know when you look at an island, it looks like the island is sitting on top of the water. So it's like the water is the foundation. And so they know that God, when you look in the order of Genesis, right, he made made the water and then he made the earth he set the earth in place and then he put some rivers here some rivers there some rivers underwater i mean under the earth so you know that's how you get your wells they dig down they find some streams down there god knew what he was doing man tries to do that on their own right you see them digging up all over the street trying to make pipes 
trying to get up and say, how we get water here? We're going to expand. We got to make sure we can get water here. God already had to set that water's everywhere. Oh, glory be to God. And, and, and if it's not water with the people of God knows how to make water come out of a rock. I'm going to talk to somebody here. God, everything in here, he can fix it up. And so when we understand that he created this beautiful creation, Genesis tells it this way. Then God said, let the waters below and the heavens be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so God called the dry land earth and the gathering of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. We are to live in total surrender of the great creator, our God, because everything is the Lord's. And we find joy in knowing it's the Lord. When you know it's God, you can rejoice knowing it's not mine. So all I got to do is just take care of what is his. So here it is that now that we know whose it is, think about whose presence we are in. So who can stand before the Lord? Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hearts and hands are pure and who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Not only do we need to know that everything is the Lord's, we need to be sincere in our worship with God. Because there's joy being in God's presence. Notice that now here the psalm kind of shifts. The verse one and two, we talk about the awesome creation of God. And then we get to verses three and six, it's kind of the shift is seen talking about the people who worship God and, and who want to be in his presence. And notice this who may climb the mountain, because you know Zion is on a mountain, it's on a hilltop. When David conquered that place, Zion, it was on a mountain. So that's why they talk about ascending. They will go up. To worship God. It's kind of uh, uh, not only a symbolic situation, but it is the actual place. But the symbolism is to go up. We want to go up to see God. We look up to the hills from which cometh our help. That's what that meant. When they look up, they look up to Zion, which cometh their help. All the help coming from uh, the Lord. So we look up. Tell your neighbor, look up. Don't look down at all your problems, all your troubles. Uh, you can look down at that bank statement and say, yeah, I got some issues. You can look at the medicals and let you know, yes, I got some issues. But you can look up and say, yes, I got hope. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness there. I belong to him. Let me not get caught up what's going on. Say, Lord, you work it out. And so here it is now is the question about us. Like, do, have I fully surrendered to God? Have, have I really realized, the Lord, that what I have belongs to you and I'm willing to freely give to you, God, what already belongs to you? Or am I trying to hold on? Notice what it says here. Who can come? Those who have clean hands means those who have work of purity and integrity. It means I'm not living to do things deceitfully and, and, and backwards and, and backbiting and stabbing and lying and deceiving. But yet I want to honor God and be holy. We are to be holy for our Father in heaven is holy. So we need to have a pure heart. It means that when I talk to you, I'm sincere and loving, forgiving, caring, showing what? The fruit of the Spirit, which is joy, love, peace, kindness, gentleness. 
gentleness, faithfulness, long-suffering, self-control. Against us saying there is no law. When I sow the fruit of the Spirit, I'm able to forgive you and love you. Why? Because God has strengthened me to do so because my flesh don't want to do that. My flesh wants to what? Hit you if you hit me back. Curse you out if you get on my last nerve. Shut the door in your face. Hang up on you if you're going to raise your voice at me. But love will say I can hold up. I can be patient. I can endure. Because if God can endure my mess up, he can show enough give me power through the Holy Spirit to endure some other people's stuff. Because it's not as bad as my stuff. If I could tell the truth about it. So those who have clean hands of work of purity, a pure heart, my, my thoughts are pleasing to the Lord. And then not to lift my soul to falsehood or sworn deceit. But basically, I have not made allegiance to false idols. And, and, and basically, when you lead to make allegiance to false idols, it basically is emptiness. It's vanity. It's worth nothing. Christ help us to understand what does a man profit to gain the whole world but lose it so it's empty so don't get caught up trying to get wealth and and health and all this stuff on earth that's emptiness it won't when christ comes back again all that stuff's going to be worth nothing but yet what you do for the kingdom can i get one more witness what you do for the kingdom will last forever store your treasures where in heaven you you can't store it here but you can what send it ahead because everything belongs to god it's not mine it's yours god so have your your way. So don't get caught up trying to live for yourself. You'll be empty. You'll be void. And you won't be able to get in God's presence. And, and then looking at this, some of us might be just like me because I, 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 New Living Translation does not say those who have not sworn deceitfully. It says, and never tell lies. And I look at that because I know I done told a few lies. And, and I'm lying now because it's been more than a few. And so how can I stand before God? Mm. 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 Verse 5 helps me out. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Only because God blesses us. Mm. By seeking to be in his presence. Hebrew says that without faith it's impossible to please God. He rewards those who earnestly seek him and believe that he is. So when you know who God is, you seek after him. You seek to do what is good for the glory of God. It's easy for you to give yourself to God. When we sing that song, I give myself away so that you can use me. We, we, we don't say I give myself away, but I'm going to hold on to my money. I'm going to give myself away, but you can't use my car. I'm going to give myself away, but you can't come into my house. No, if I'm going to give myself away, Lord, so you can use me, use me how you want. If somebody needs to use my car as a taxi, you need some money to get some food. You need a place to lay your head. Lord, may I be a vessel to be used. God lets you roll around his earth. He lets you to lay, lay where you want to lay. How much more say, Lord, how can I be a vessel to show your awesome love? And it says that he, he's the one that will bless us. He blesses us not because we are righteous. He blesses us to make us righteous. Those who seek him, who call on his name. Look how it says that such people may seek you and worship in your presence. Oh, God of Jacob. So 
I, I know I'm messed up. And, and because I'm messed up, I'm, I'm so glad that God can bless us and change us and, and, and renew our hearts, transform our minds, that we can stand before him with clean hands and pure heart. I, I can have a pure heart when I confess my sins. See, I already told y'all I'm alive. See, some of y'all can't tell that to somebody. Y'all, y'all scared to confess. But see, confession's great. I feel great. So you can come up and say, you used to lie, so sure enough. But I'm so glad it's the blood that's covering me. I ain't have to worry about you being my judge and jury, because you can't put me in heaven nor in hell. But yet the Lord God, our Savior, he has the final say. So, so I'm not living to please you. I'm living to please him. And if he is happy and he says, well done, then I'm going in the right direction. I want you to be encouraged. Don't get caught up trying to live for somebody else. Live for the Lord because you belong to him. He created you. He called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. So you might say, Lord, here I am. Have your way. God blesses those who earnestly seek after him. We'll receive the blessing. Mm. The God of our salvation will bless us. And notice as this generation of those who seek him. Are we that generation? Jesus said that the time is and now is. The time is, is and now is the time that he's looking for true worship. Those who seek to worship him in spirit and in truth. And notice that the relationship is God of Jacob. This is intimate to Israel to know Jacob. Because Jacob was before he was Israel. Jacob was, was the one running, deceiving, hiding from his brother. Israel's now who, who wrestled with God and God blessed him and he walked away with a limp. So be careful asking for God to bless you. You might walk away hurt or hell or somebody. Else. But yet he walked away with a limp knowing that he was blessed by God. So we might have to wrestle with God and we want to lose that battle. But we'll be reminded I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm blessed. And so here it is when it says the God of Jacob, they're saying the God of the deceiver, the God of the tricky one, the one that, that, that stole his brother's birthright in deceitful ways. God, you are our God. Now, the third movement of the psalm moves. When it says, open up ancient gates and open up ye ancient doors and let the who? The king of glory enter. See, we, we find joy in knowing that we are the Lord. We find joy in being in God's presence. We find joy in knowing that God is our victorious winner. Notice what it talks about the king of glory. They ask, who is the king of glory? Y'all see that there in the text? Uh, who is the king of glory? What they say? The Lord strong and mighty. And they, 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 they got excited. They didn't stop there. They said, what else? The Lord invincible in battle. Some translations, the Lord mighty in battle. But basically, the New Living Translation help you to understand what they're saying, that he's undefeated. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, God's undefeated. <laughs> uh, he, he never loses. Every time he goes out, he comes back a victorious winner. I, I know some of y'all might have heard some of those stories about those parents that, that see their children come home, and they get beat up, they send them back outside. They send them back outside so they come back a champion. They say, yeah, don't come back in getting beat up. We go, who beat you? Go take yeah, they, they tell them stories. Uh, if y'all not heard those stories, y'all heard those kind of stories. 
I heard them stories, and most of the time, these are athletes. These are athletes that have parents that taught them how to be aggressive, and, and that's why they succeed in what they do. So their parents take them out, and they beat up that child, or they lose the fight, but if they fought back, they come back in, their heads up high, and say, yeah, I told you, son, that's what you do. But here it is, God never goes out and loses. He comes back. And notice this, that the king goes out and the king is coming back. So some suggest, if you look at the Psalms, right, we're in Psalm 24. and Psalm 23, we know that as the Lord's shepherd. And in Psalm 22, we also know about the suffering shepherd. And so some suggest that these three Psalms are messianic Psalms talking about of his, his, his service, his, his, his ministry, and his return. Because this is talking about him coming back. So you got to open up the gates for the king of glory to come back. Which means, as you know, God is sending his son back in glory. He's coming back in power and authority. And it says that he's coming with the heavenly hosts. Notice how they say it's here in the same way. It says in verse 10, who is the king of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the king of the I had one person say amen. Y'all, y'all, if y'all have got amen, I could have sat down right then and there. Did you, let me take you into the garden of Gethsemane. Now, in the garden, uh, Jesus prayed three times, y'all remember. Uh, three times he goes out and falls out and prays the same prayer. Lord, if it's thine will, this cup but not mine will be done, but thy will be done. He, he goes back and see his, his road dog, his homeboys asleep on the job. Get up, get up, man. Come on, come on. Can't y'all, can't y'all stay up with me just a little hour? My, my time is coming. Can y'all just stay up with me a little watch and pray for the spirit is winning, but the flesh is weak. Come on, just stay up with me a little, little while. And I can see Peter. Uh-huh, yeah, we got your back, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus goes back and lays down and prays one more time. Then here comes Judas. Judas coming around like, uh-oh, here he come. They come with torches. And they come with lights. And like, well, why you come at night, friend? And they give him a kiss on the ear. And they take him. And then all of a sudden, Peter wakes up trying to cut somebody's ears off. Picks it up. Let him know, man, this is not the time to fight. Do you not know? Do you not know? I got angels, legions of angels on standby. Ooh. He let them know that all I got to do is just say the word. <laughs> give a wink. Do the gesture, and they will show up and set everything straight. But now is not the time. Y'all catch the king of glory going to come with his armies. And so when he shows, so Jesus, they know now is not the time. I got to die. I got to make a way for you so you can be in my presence. So that when I come back, you will be with me. He says, I, he told him before we got in the car, I'm going to prepare a place for you that when I come back there, ye may be also so glad that he loves us so much. He created us and he wants us to return back to him. So stop trying to hold on to everything, thinking that you're going to lose something, but let it go knowing that God can bless you when you return back to him. Send your neighbor, send it ahead. When, I, when you know there's other pressure, principle that the Lord owns everything. I'm just his manager. So I might as well take good care of it. Or you're going to pay the penalty. You, you know it. When you rent that car and they tell you to put the gas back the way you got it. And you don't put the gas back the way you got it, you're going to pay that penalty. They, they, they already got the credit card. They don't got to call you. You just going to get that bill in the mail. Like, you know, two times as much as gas really costs. You done paid because you done put that, you done put back in that tank. 
Go ahead and lose that library book and try to hustle, get you a new library card. They got it on record. Nope, no, 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 no. You still owe some money before you can get this library. Go, go ahead and try to get you out another loan or buy some. They got it on record. Said, no, nah, you still owe them this much money. We can't give you a loan for this. You won't pay when you don't take care of what you've been called to take care of. And I'm giving you some earthly measure, but the Bible says the same thing. Those who are faithful over much will become faithful over much more. But if you're not faithful over what the small thing is giving you, what you do have will be taken away. So what does a man profit gain the whole world but loses his soul? We wanna, if you want to compound your joy, then know this joy. Know this. That it says that God wants a what? Cheerful giver. Let me help you out on this principle about how to be a cheerful giver. Don't wait till you feel cheerful. Give and watch cheer catch up with you. Some of y'all didn't catch on today. Let me help you out. Because if, if, if cheer was already there, you'd be giving already. But yet, joy comes from just obeying God. When we trust him, we like realize, like, because oftentimes when we give, we don't get the direct benefit. You know, you know, you know if you're if you like me, I like to give stuff. I know I'm going, what it's going for. My baby girl, when to ask me for money, I want to ask her, where's it going to? You know, I'm, I'm not going to just give you my hard work money. That's because you just asked for $20. Where's it going to? Want to buy you a toy that you're not going to play with past today? No, 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 no. You're not getting one of them toys. We, 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 we think about how we, when somebody asks for your money, right, you want to know where it's going to. That's why I think about the comedian talking about how somebody came up to him and said, can I get some spare change? He said, get a spare job. <laughs> then you have some spare change. Go ask me for some spare change. That's what he said. And here it is how we are that we don't want to just let go of stuff that we work for. But yet when you understand that what God has blessed us with, and he's given us some things we didn't even work for, we take full advantage of, we should be able to be a blessing to somebody and say, I may be able to give of my time, give of my resources, give of my life. No greater love than this for a man to lay his life down for another. You know, this way to love somebody is more than just, you know, in presence and gifts, but yet just your presence. Sometimes it's being in a room with somebody, taking time out of your day to be with them as a blessing. Just calling somebody, sending them a text or an email, or if you still write letters and cards, send them a card or a letter, let them know I love you and I was thinking about you. Because, you know, there's missionaries that are out there, and, and that's what they do. They write back to let you know how you bless me with your donation. This is how you bless me. Now, this family came to know Christ. We baptized such and such on this weekend. We've seen so many more be able to get the Bible and understand. And you may never see what, what, what's going on, there, but you can hear about and read about knowing that God is doing great things. When we're able to freely give for the kingdom, the joy comes because you realize, Lord, it's not mine. It all belongs to you. So, Lord, how can I be a better steward of what you have given me responsibility for? That when I return back to you, I can stand with a pure heart, with with clean hands, knowing that I have not. Remix. 
to know that I have not made false testimonies to others, but I have fully surrendered unto you. Compound your joy by giving everything back to him because it already belongs to him. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that everything belongs to you. And we surrender ourselves to you, realizing, Lord, all we have is by your grace.